You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. Good morning, church. Good to be with you again today. Thank you for welcoming me back to your house today for the Word of God. And and we've got so many people that are just enjoying uh, this broadcast because of what it's doing in their hearts. So uh, bless you. And uh, we're going to have a great time this morning. You know, one of the common things that happened during the coronavirus crisis in our world today is this thing called isolation. People have self-isolated. People have self-quarantined by directive of the government. Uh, And and for some people that I know, it was such a crazy moment. Uh, I don't know what it is. Some people, we just cannot stand being indoors for that long. I would have gone crazy if I had been told to do that. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. We need human contact. We need to be with people because God created us to be like that. Today, well, I'm going to talk to you about uh, how Jesus Christ, before he even got started in the ministry that he was called to do, before he even started calling his disciples, God took him alone by himself into a place and to, to, to not only minister to him, but to work out a few things about his ministry and about who he is uh, in that time. So today's message is about isolated, not alone. You could be by yourself, but it doesn't mean you're actually alone. Jesus himself promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So wherever you are, whether you're watching with your family or you're watching by yourself, I want you to know that the Spirit of God is with you. God's presence is with you right now in your bedroom, in your living room, wherever you might be watching this broadcast today. You might be isolated in some sort of way. Maybe it's the pain that you're experiencing. Maybe it's a sickness that you are experiencing. Whatever it might be that can make you feel isolated and away from people, but you are not alone because God is with you. So I want to ask you right now to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, where we start this story. The Bible tells us in verse 1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What a specific scripture. Right there, we recognize something's at work from chapter 3 of Matthew to chapter 4. One thing that is really, I find interesting, is the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit convocating or converging in one moment in time in the New Testament. It was very, very clear. The Bible tells us that Jesus was baptized in water by John the Baptist, who had been proclaiming in the desert that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was on his way to save Israel and the rest of the world. And on the day of his baptism, even though John himself did not feel worthy to baptize Jesus and even refused to baptize Jesus, but Jesus' response was that, let's do this now. This is what the Father wants. And in that moment that Jesus was uh, was dunked in the water and he came out of the water, the Bible tells us that the voice of the Heavenly Father came out from heaven and said, this is my Son 
in whom I am well pleased. In that moment, can you imagine that proudest moment in your life? I remember for myself, one of the proudest moments in my life was when my dad told me that he was proud of me. And every time my dad called me, uh, son, my dad's gone now. He's not with us anymore. But every time I remember growing up, he would call me, son, it did something to me. There's something within us that relates so much to the voice of the Father. Jesus, at that time when He was baptized, a voice came from heaven, the voice of the Father that says, this is my Son. There's a sense of ownership and a sense of family. My Son in whom I am well pleased. And in that moment, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, shaped or formed like a dove, came from heaven. What a glorious moment. Can you imagine having that kind of inauguration? You know, as much as one of the proudest, one of the most satisfying moments of my life was my father's appreciation and calling me son, one of the saddest moments of my life was when my father wasn't there when I received a particular award. I, I went to school as, as a little boy and, and, and I was there receiving this amazing award for, for some kind of achievement. I can't even remember what it was. And, uh, and he wasn't there. And I just wanted him to be there. But in this moment in Jesus' life, the Father and the Holy Spirit were all there. This was an amazing moment. It's like all of heaven turned up for the baptism of Jesus to witness it and to declare it. And I don't know about you, after that kind of sort of visitation, what you want to do is you just want to party. You just want to enjoy life. You just want to celebrate. But right in that time, the Bible tells us then Jesus was led by the Spirit of God. For most Christians, when we talk about being led by the Spirit of God, oftentimes we talk about, we talk about the leading of the Spirit into good things, into adventures of faith, into places of great achievement and victory. I've heard Christians say this to me, oh, God led me, and because God led me, I prayed for somebody and they got healed. It was the leading of the Holy Spirit. Someone also would say, you know, God led me to, you know, the Spirit of God led me to start a business. Now it's prospering because the Spirit of God led me to that. I never have heard a Christian tell me that God led me into something and I failed utterly because He led me. And yet, in this instance, it's so contradictory to our idea of success. It's so contradictory to our idea of achievement that the Spirit of God led Jesus not into some prosperous oasis. He led him into the wilderness. Now think about that for a moment. The Spirit of God didn't lead him into prosperity. He didn't just lead him into the wilderness to get hang out with the animals. He led him to the wilderness to be tempted by his arch enemy, the devil himself. That's a pretty wild concept when you think about that. And verse 2, it says, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Not only did God lead Jesus into the wilderness to, 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 to be tempted by the devil, he didn't even give him any food. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. Of course you'd be hungry. In verse 3, it says, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. 
What an incredible test. You see, testing of the enemy, testing of the devil or Satan, he never tests you on the things that you're strong at. You'll always get tempted in the things that you're weak at. At this point in time, Jesus being fully man, got hungry 40 days of not eating. I've fasted 40 days one time in my life and probably will never again. But at this time, Jesus fasted and he was hungry and, this, and the enemy really knew how to get to him. One of the things that, that I uh, have experienced in helping people for, for many years, most people fall not because they're strong, but because they have become weakened in an area of their lives. But Jesus' response is an interesting one and it's a powerful one. It's almost as if he turned the temptation around against his own tempter. When he said, man shall not live by bread alone, quoting Moses in the desert when he called manna from heaven, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. As if Jesus is saying, the greatest food that you can ever have in your life is not that of a physical nature, but that of a spiritual nature. Jesus was isolated, and yet he was not alone. Certainly we know the devil was there with him. I guess when you talk about not being alone, the last person you want to be is your enemy. You're the, last, the, the person you want to be with you, rather, is your enemy. In this instance, when I said to you, you can be isolated but not alone, I said to you earlier, because God is with you, but in this situation, Jesus was with his enemy. The devil. In verse 5, the Bible says, The devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple uh, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. In essence, the devil is saying to Jesus, Come on, just kill yourself. Your life is worth nothing. And it says, But you see, Jesus, the Bible says, He will command His angels concerning you, on, on, their, on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and his glory. And said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone Satan for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him in verse 11. And behold, the angels came and were ministering to him. Sometimes in life, we've got to fight those demons. We've got to fight the enemies of our lives. The enemies of our soul and our spirit. In order for us to cross over to a place where God can truly minister to us. I ask this question. Why would God allow his son that he has a great mission to save the world through, be led into the wilderness, almost as if he set him up for failure. That's what it almost seems like to me. You know, I, I wouldn't want to put my kids in a situation where they would be in danger. As, as, a, as a parent, you and I understand that. We wouldn't do that. But there was something in God that led Jesus. Do you know what it was? Because the Heavenly Father trusted the substance that was in Jesus. He knew what Jesus was carrying. 
He knew that Jesus had the fullness of the Word of God. He had just been baptized by, the, by, by water and the Holy Spirit turned up and the Father was there and the affirmation of His identity, God was confident that when Jesus knew, that if Jesus knew who He really was and what His identity is, the enemy could never tempt Him or derail Him or take Him away from His purpose and destiny. And this is what I want to say to you this, this morning. If you could just really understand who God is, what He says about you, and you discover who you are in Him, nothing in this world can stop you in fulfilling all that God has promised you to do. So why would God send Him? Just three things. Number one, God wants to prepare Him. I don't know about you, but I... I like my sleep, I like to eat, I don't like to diet, I'm not an exercise buff, right? Although I love playing sport, I love riding my bike, but, you know, I don't like to train. I don't like training because training is boring to me. Now, some of you might think training is good for you, but you see, training is preparation, Jesus was being trained in such a difficult place so that whatever comes against him, when he goes to start the ministry, he'd be able to overcome. The SAS have this kind of sort of ideology when it comes to training. I read somewhere before that one of the things that they do is that they ensure that the training is harder than the actual field work because then their soldiers would be ready for anything. Michael Jordan said these words, Private, per, private practice equals to public performance. I believe that there has to be preparation before demonstration. If you want your life to be something that would have significance, let God prepare you. And maybe what you're experiencing today is difficult, but that's part of your preparation for, for a greater adventure and greater things that God has for you. The second thing that was challenged in Jesus was his identity. Not long ago in the last chapter, God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Note that Satan, the first thing he said to Jesus was this, if you truly are the son of God, if you truly are the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. He wasn't challenging Jesus' ability to create a miracle, but he was challenging Jesus' identity. Satan, the world, sometimes your friends and people that you love can challenge who you are as a person. But God wants to tell you and let you know that in Him you are complete. You don't have to live your life in trying to please people and trying to be somebody that you're not because God called you to have a significant life and a life that will touch many people. People. The third thing that challenged Jesus or prepared Jesus was worship. Why is worship so important? Because as human beings, not only are we naturally, spiritually created for worship, we will worship something whether we like it or not. We will worship our car. We will worship our partner. We will worship our career. There's something that we will defer to and elevate in our lives greater than anything else. Here's the, what happens when you worship something. It becomes a Lord over your life. It becomes your master. In this passage of Scripture, Satan was challenging 
Jesus as to where his worship truly is when he said, I'm going to give you anything you want if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus responded to him and said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. So why do we worship the Lord? Why do we defer to him as Lord and Savior? Because he is our creator and he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So this morning, I want to encourage you to not let the enemy or circumstance in your life to to take you away from the preparation of God, to, to mar or stain your identity in Christ. And thirdly, don't let the situation of your life take away your worship of God. God bless you today. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au and be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.